Showtime! Showtime! Woo! Hello everybody and welcome to the Red Ink Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jason, at Cosmic Jason on Twitter. And I am Joe, at JK Wrestling on Twitter. And we are both Red Ink Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, SoundCloud, iTunes, Redbubble. Wow, you remembered them all this time. Exactly. It's almost as if we recorded this two minutes ago and you have to remember it. <laughs> we did actually record this two minutes ago and Joe was really unprofessional and started coughing. Yeah. Damn you for not being able to control those bodily functions. <laughs> so yeah, we're back with the weekly podcast roundup news. Yes, news results, thing. thoughts. Yeah, lots of thoughts usually. Yeah, usually more thoughts than anything else. Yeah, we have a lot of them because we like and dislike wrestling in equal proportions sometimes. Well, we love wrestling, and therefore it lets us down a lot. That is true. And so we're going to start off with the news, the not-so-new news segment. Yeah. And I guess really two stabbings in one week is the news. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Noble and Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Uh, Pretty interesting. Well, not interesting. It's terrible. Yeah. It just seems um, very unusual. I think that... as a person who suffered through staying up to watch the TNA pay-per-view live <laughs> this week, yeah, all I read in the build-up to that pay-per-view was Del Rio's no-showed his AAA event. Yeah. He's going to be on TNA. And then obviously he was just stabbed. Yeah. Which is I thought worse. when you said you had to suffer through the TNA pay-per-view, I thought you were about to say, I'd rather be stabbed. <laughs> and I was about to tell you off for doing a really bad joke. Yeah. But you were okay. Um, so I guess that's the, the main the, the main news because it's so big. Although... It was it just to clarify. It was Alberto El Patron and Jamie Noble. We didn't yeah. say Jamie Noble the first time. Yeah, Jamie Noble and Alberto El Patron. Um, interestingly, I saw on Twitter that Dave Meltzer tried to verify that Alberto El Patron story, and the local new the local police station knew nothing about it. Apparently, now he's posted the pictures yeah, of his like yeah. punctured arm and head to yeah. to Instagram. So I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm just saying that maybe it didn't happen in the way that we think it happened. Yeah, because the the police did had no clue about it. Are you when suggesting he was that tried pa- to verify the story? Are you suggesting that Paige is into some crazy stuff? <laughs> I'm suggesting that Paige went all single white female, <laughs> and, and he. She saw him try to uh, chop some people in a restaurant, and she was like, right, this <laughs> yeah, guy's going down. Yeah. Um, she does seem the type. True, very true. But that's us casting aspersions. Um, and then the next news is this ongoing TNA fuckery. Yeah, fuckery is the best way to describe it, I think. Just like flip-flopping around, we don't know who's buying it. We think WWE might be buying the tape library, and then we tell it getting told they're not buying the tape library. Um, it's really it's all a contradiction you've got one owner of TNA saying it's for sale and it needs to be purchased and you've got the other owner of TNA saying it's not for sale and that there is nothing being purchased what is right and what is wrong I have no idea yeah it looks like Billy Corgan and some other undisclosed people funded Bound for Glory and the television tapings. Yeah. And the television tapings take them until January, I think, or late December yeah, or something. Yeah, it's the end so of the year. they certainly 
have a while to get their shit together. Yeah. But it's just TNA's gimmick now, isn't it? To just be on the, on the verge of deletion <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. Like, TNA is a privately run company. Is yeah. it possible that this is all some sort of crazy media campaign to bring attention to them? If anybody really thinks that, then they're as delusional as TNA is, I think. You know, no such thing as bad press. No, I think it's that's no. absolutely 100% not Yeah, because I feel, I feel like it does make you switch off, doesn't it, when you think, oh, yeah, I'm not going to see this again anyway. So. Yeah, and the stories about wrestlers not being paid yeah. can't be untrue, I don't yeah, think. true. Um, but they did manage to fund Bound for Glory on Sunday, and you're going to give us a little bit of a rundown. Yeah. Um, not too in-depth, hopefully, no, no. because I heard it was... Uh, I didn't watch it, but I heard it was not great. Well, like I say, I suffered through it. It was it was in the middle of the night. Yeah. But I thought, Bound for Glory's had some good moments in the past 10 years. They've done some pretty special events. Then I put this on, and they were at the Impact Zone in Universal Studios with their free audience members, half of whom were wearing Disney slash movie-related <laughs> merchandise and yeah. had no idea who anyone was. And then you had about five hardcores in the front row, and that was it. And it was like, the impression you get straight away as you watch it is, this isn't a big deal. Yeah. So, the rundown of the matches is... they. Can sent- I just ask, first of all, do you TNA for this sort of thing? And again, I don't watch TNA religiously. But for this, did they have all the matches announced in advance? Was there any matches yeah. that came up during the show? No, no. Because sometimes great. WWE does that. And I yeah, don't. well, TNA has been kind of famous for their book... A TV match for like four weeks but then the pay-per-view will just be thrown together at last minute <laughs> yeah. but this this pay-per-view is actually really well booked you can tell that they've had a change of like direction as a company they had the main event booked for at least a month which I know doesn't seem long but it was booked for even longer if you consider the fact that the opponent for Lashley the world champion was one of two guys so you always yeah. knew it was going to be one of the two guys for quite a long time in advance um, so they did a good job in that respect. The matches they put on weren't necessarily great. Yeah. But, you know, they they opened the show with the X Division Championship match between DJ Z, also known as Zima Ion, outside of TNA, and Trevor Lee. I was gonna say I know DJ Z because he was famously like broke his neck, didn't he? No, he broke someone else's neck. Oh, he broke someone else's neck. Yeah. Okay. Hitting a moonsault to the outside. I and TNA now, yeah. famously went for a count out when the guy was literally <laughs> unconscious on the floor <laughs> and was nearly disabled as a result. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing, but no, it's, it's just like, TNA. Yeah. I just love it. They also famously offered the same person a lifetime contract that they then deleted two years later. So. Wow. Yeah. This is very just just one of the many many bad PR stunts they've done, mm-hmm. but DJZ versus Trevor Lee was solid. It was kind of like your flippy spot fest that you'd expect from two guys that are kind of, the smaller that wanting to wow a crowd. DJZ threw in some awesome moves. He hit a Canadian destroyer into his flippy DDT finisher, which is I think the DJT or something original yeah um, and that was it he won Trevor Lee was decent but no, there's nothing to stand out yeah, then give the, me PWG Trevor Lee yeah any day yeah exactly 
there was a 10-man gauntlet match for a TNA title shot, which was very obscure. It wasn't necessarily too specific. But Eli Drake won. And who was in the match? Oh, that is a different question. Grado was in the match for 12 seconds at the most. He came in, he did a... What are they called? This New Zealand tag team from WWE. Do you know they marched into the ring in the Royal Rumble and then they got eliminated on the other side of the ring and they marched out of the ring again with their music still playing? I don't remember that at all. It was like it was an old Royal Rumble. Oh, but man. he marched into the ring, got thrown straight out, and it's like your most other guys on the pay per view for like no time. Yeah, we I live in the northeast of England and if you put that guy on a show locally here he's the most over guy well like even if you just see and his entrance in TNA it's like he's so over it's insane yeah the other people in the match were Rockstar Spud who's also very over mm-hmm. um, Mahabali Shearer who they're trying to get over just because he's big and Indian and they want to break the Indian market yeah but he's not that great Robbie E Baron Dax Basil Baraka and Braxton Sutter I know I know Tyrus, Rockstar Spud, and Grado in that match, I think. Yeah. Robbie, maybe. And then the next match was Mike Bennett versus Moose, which has been building for a long ass time, but seemed to kind of come to its conclusion a bit quick. And Moose won, nice. which propelled him, which I think is useful because they're trying to set him up in, along the same lines as Lashley, it would seem, where he's a, a dominant big man. Yeah. But Bennett for me, needed the win more. He's had too many big losses recently on TNA TV. Yeah. Then it was the Grand Championship debut, which was an MMA fight. Well... Wrestling-y. It's not technically an MMA fight, is it? No, it's, it's not. Got it's rounds. got three three-minute rounds. Yeah. And they do some wrestling-y shit. Three three-minute rounds. That's not even five. Like no. five three minutes. I don't think still only fifteen minutes. Yeah, I don't think they could have made anyone suffer for fifteen minutes. Yeah, but you the, can get, you can get crowd... a, you can get a pinfall submission in that time, right? Yeah, true. It doesn't have to go yeah. to a decision. Yeah, I just think yeah, three three minute rounds tell me that this is gonna last nine minutes max, and I don't yeah. care. Yeah, you know, but the um the live crowd kind of booed. At every intermission because they just wanted <laughs> more wrestling because it's a wrestling show but Aaron Rex won by a decision and it was a controversial decision is that title there to do anything other like it seems like they've done it for the sake of just doing it they're doing it to attract an MMA audience yeah and then Gail Kim was inducted to the Hall of Fame which was nice they had Awesome Kong come out and some other people didn't they call I heard about this so didn't they call the knockouts division the greatest women's division of all time yeah which is even more like in your face dishonesty than WWE would even do yeah but at the same time it's I (laughs) they put it in a historical context so like Gail Kim versus Austin Kong was headlining pay-per-views 10 years before WWE would even headline an NXT special with women, you know? Yeah, like they, I guess. So I get, like, I get where they're coming from. Yeah, but like... It's not like... Okay. It, it's like... You I'll know, let it in off. Their, in the realm of their universe, which is them or WWE, yeah. I'll, I'll let it off, they've got but a point. I'm pretty sure there's some 90s Japanese women wrestlers that would... 
yeah, have beef exactly. with that, yeah, with that exactly, statement. Yeah. Then it was The Great War, which was the greatest part of the show. <laughs> it's like, if, if you like the final deletion and you like anything that Matt Hardy's doing with the delete or obsolete thing, yep. this was a wet dream of a wrestling match because it was all low-budget production and stupidity and that's what made it fun. And the Hardys won, becoming the TNA Tag Team Champions. The process. And who was it that they versed, sorry? Oh, they were against Abyss and Crazy Steve, or Crazy Steve. Why is it crazy with two Zs? Because he's crazy. I think because he wanted to to copyright his own image or something, I don't know. Fair enough. (laughs) But it was a good match. I think everyone involved was talented and... Could you even call it a match? Not really. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's like more, a... yeah. It's more like a little short movie or something. But yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. Then they put Maria Canellis out versus Gail Kim. Yeah. Which didn't make sense to me. I think if they'd have gone into the match from the Hall of Fame segment, that mm. would have made more sense because you yeah. could give Maria more heat because she'd come in and attack her or something. Yeah. Request that the match start, which would make sense because she's in charge of the women's division. Or the knockouts division. But anyway, Gil Kim won. And she's the new women's champion despite being put in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's pretty weird that she's still, like, active. Yeah. Then it was the main event, which was TNA champion Bobby Lashley versus EC3. Yeah. Oh, we should mention that Cody Rhodes tender. Or just Cody... And Brandy, and Brandy Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah. So that's the way they're getting around. They're not which, using which the Which is smart. Thing. Well played by them. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, he showed up at the end of the Aaron Rex match. No, at the end of the Mike Bennett match because he's gone straight into the feud that we all expected him to. Okay. Which is him and his wife versus Bennett well, and Canellis. So yeah, he came out at the end of Canellis. Mike Bennett was on his list. Yeah. You know, that yeah. t- list he tweeted. So yeah. I guess that made sense. Yeah. He's just getting to wrestle whoever he wants, basically, isn't he? Yeah, which is fair enough. And then the main event was Bobby Lashley versus EC3. Everyone expected EC3 to win. He didn't. Uh, it was good though it was really well like it was really well developed as a match straight off the bat Lashley hit a spear which sent EC3 flying out the ring yeah so the match starts with Bobby Lashley just like on top dominant as he's been his whole career then it went and it went and it went and he eventually hit a spear from the middle rope to finish the match which I think really it was good it was like a solid main event yeah a lot, a lot of the time, main events are disappointing, but in this case, it wasn't. And that's TNA Bound for Glory, which was, um, like I said, a bit of a slug, slog. Sorry, but it was a, <laughs> a bit of a slug. A bit of a slug, yeah, because <laughs> it was slow. But um, yeah, there was some stuff that made sense, some stuff that didn't. But it's TNA, so you don't like the fact that this show is kind of miraculous at this point. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just, I'm just fascinated where it's all going. To be honest, I don't know. Currently, like what the, what their plan is like, how do you even plan long term storylines if you don't know you're gonna be around? But yeah, how do you how if you're a talent how do you plan your life, your travel? <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I mean, TNA's whole shtick now is just to be that company that's on the verge of going out of business all the time. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. It is unfortunate though, because you look at where they were some eight years ago or something, and the talent they had, 
and the fact that they yeah. were developing audiences on like a mainstream TV channel. As much as I don't like TNA, I don't revel in the fact that another wrestling company might go out of business yeah. and take jobs with it and stuff like that. You know, I want it to stick around. I just want them to be better creatively as well, I think, yeah, is, yeah. Is, a, is not too much to ask. Um, and then we had Raw on Monday night, which, if you listen to our podcast semi-regularly, we just dismay at this three-hour-long show of shit. Yeah, because there'll be about 17 seconds worth watching. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly not a lot on this show, to be honest. Um, so the show opened with... Um, was it Reigns Rusev that opened? Was that last week? Yeah, that was last week. Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> well, it opened with a match, I'm sure. This sounds really bad. It did open with... Um, it must have been TJP and Brian Kendrick yeah, then, right? I think so. Okay. But the, to go to the talking points of Raw, like, sh- sh- the, the main points that I take from it are that Kevin Owens was in a tag match with Chris Jericho against yeah. Enzo and Big Cass, and then Seth Rollins came out. and then Also, Roman Reigns, Rusev did open the show. Mm. I knew it did. So they had the talking segment, and then they brawled in the crowd. And then Roman Reigns came up behind him on the ramp, and Superman punched him, and then said that he's going to meet him in hell in a cell. And they always have to put a big emphasis on it, but really it'll be poor, I reckon. Yeah. I agree. what is the point in doing a Hell in a Cell match in an era of no violence and blood? Well, It doesn't make sense to keep together. Oh, yeah, but they get special (laughs) treatment, don't they? Mm -hmm. They can do whatever they want, basically. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Brian Kendrick defeated the Cruiserweight champion, TJP, um, which was an okay match. But I really don't like where they're going with the Cruiserweights already. I think it's like they're focusing on like three or four guys every single week. And sometimes you don't even see half the people that they've got signed. But well, the, hopefully it'll get The better. whole time so far, we haven't seen everyone they've got signed. We've yeah. not seen Norm Dar yet, for example. No, yeah. And some of them are still working NXT, yeah. which is weird. I mean, NXT needs it, so that true. makes sense. Very true. Um, Braun Strowman and some jobber. Again. Um, I don't care about that anymore. No. Although the next segment was the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, and the New Day, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, with Chris Jericho's list. Um, then you had Sami Zayn defeating Titus O'Neil. Like, honestly, I, ch- I checked off Raw for a little bit and I put it back on when Zayn was against Titus O'Neil. Yeah. And I was like, why is Sami Zayn getting beaten up by Titus O'Neil right now? <laughs> like, how many reboots of Titus O'Neil do they need? Like, they've given him this new gimmick, right? Where it's like the Titus Circus or some... Yeah. Bullshit. Well, at least they've aborted the Titus O'Neil-Darren Young feud. Which is what I wanted to happen. Have aborted Darren Young's gimmick? I think so. I haven't seen him on TV in weeks. Yeah. So, maybe he's on main event or superstars. Yeah, true. Doing some weird stuff. Um, and then we had... Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson beating Golden Truth, which is fine. But Gallows and Anderson didn't get a TV entrance, and the Golden Truth did, and that worries me somewhat. Yeah, I think 
that tends to happen when they're rushing a match, though. The winners yeah. don't get the entrance. I also think that the thing that's worrying is that there's no, there's such a limited amount of people, or there are such a limited amount of teams, yeah. that when the club, or Gallows and Anderson, as they're known, win a match, the commentators go, they're going for the tag titles. Well, they've just been for them 17 times and lost every single one, so how can they possibly be going for them again? Yep. And next we had Xavier Woods and Biggie defeating Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, which wasn't yeah. which was an okay match. I quite enjoyed it. It was quite fun. Um, I think they kept the tag champions looking strong by having it be a clean, not a clean finish, but like a yeah. a proper move rather than like a roll up or whatever. Yeah. And Jericho taking the fall. I think Rollins coming out got a pop. The I, controversy was the commentary, because Ashton Kutcher <laughs> and his that seventy show friend were on commentary, and I remember tweeting live during the event that Ashton Kutcher was the only person on the booth calling moves. Yeah, he was the only one paying attention to what was happening in the ring. Not even Corey Graves was, and I was just like, "How is this wrestling?" But whatever. Yeah, I I I got that. Um, for me, it was just like how. How are the tag teams having, like, shitty matches on the card? And you've got your tag team champions not involved at all. Yeah. And, like, getting involved with Jericho and Jericho and Owens. Even though Sheamus and Cesaro are the ones with the tag title shot. Yeah. Um, I just... It's a mess right now. I think that tag team division is a mess. Definitely agree. Um, They need sorting out something wrong. And... After that match, we had Tony Nese defeating Rich Swan, which wasn't again another okay match. But I thought it, I thought it was decent. I'm a big, I'm like so big on Tony Nese though, so maybe I'm biased. Let me tell you, Tony Nese is pretty fucking big because he's about twenty five, thirty pounds heavier than Universal Champion Finn Balor. So how are you going <laughs> to explain that to me? Yeah, that he's in the cruiserweight division. He looks yeah. fucking huge on these shows, man. I agree. especially against someone's Rich Swan, who's like four foot. Yeah. Well, he's not, but you know. No, what I, mean. I know what you mean. I have a question regarding the cruiserweight division. Yeah. If you were to book it, would you have Neville be a heel opponent for TJP after Kendrick, or would you have him come out as a babyface against Listen, Kendrick? It doesn't matter because WWE. I'm gonna rant here. WWE right. are never gonna put Neville in that cruiserweight division. Why? Because he's they, five foot six. Yeah, I no, I know, I know. I want him to be in the cruiserweight division. I'm saying that WWE probably don't have the faith in him to put him in there. The faith in him? Yeah, like the... They you know have the what, faith you know, in like, these random people they've worked yeah, with for four Yeah, because weeks. they're all being like vouched for by Triple H. They're all like Triple H's Surely pet project, you know? He was like a former Yeah, champion. well, you would think so, but I've seen him in like... He's, he's been having matches on like superstars against shitters. So I, I don't know, man. If it hasn't happened already, yeah, yeah. they must just be biding. If they are going to do it, then they're really biding their time. Yeah. But I... Personally, I have got past the point where I'm even like hoping it happens because yeah. I'll just be disappointed. But time will tell. If it was me, Sami Zayn would have to move into that division as well because it's the only place that's going to make an impact. Yeah, well, it's better than Unless, Titus O'Neil, isn't it? Yeah. Unless they do the whole Kevin Owens thing again for the Universal title. Yeah. But it's just... It, it's not even that it's too crowded. It's just that they, they invest the guys they like to invest in, which is Rollins, which is Jericho... Which is the big names. Yeah. And Sami Zayn just doesn't fit into that equation, unfortunately. That's true. Um, after the Tony Nice Rich Swan match, then we had 
uh, Sheamus and Cesaro defeating two jobbers again. Why wasn't Sheamus and Cesaro versing like Anderson and Gallows? I have no idea. You know, we, we need no to idea. see these two teams and why they deserve that title shot, you know. It's, ah. But again, two jobbers. I, I am quite interested in Cesaro and Sheamus, though. Well, why? Because Mick Foley makes me invested, man. He's passionate. I don't even like Mick Foley's shtick at the minute, either. Well, no. I'm really against yeah. it. Um, but yeah, Sheamus and Cesaro, the whole t- arguing team thing has been done. Yeah. And they argue and yet win in a minute anyway <laughs> against two jobbers. It's yeah. like if they're gonna argue, at least make it at least make me feel like they're on the verge of losing every week because yeah. of their arguments. Yeah, you like know? what what could have happened if they booked them against the club is that Gallows and Anderson could have gone won because yeah. of an argument and then you could have had that story where they've got a title shot but they're not winning any tag matches and then eventually it just clicks into place that they have to work together and when they do they finally win a match. Yeah. That's yeah. what it should be, but you know, Logic doesn't exist. WWE, <laughs> the new hit single. <laughs> and then after that was the main event of the show, which was the best thing on the show by far. And um, by far, yeah, Sasha Banks defeated Charlotte to become the new WWE Women's Championship. Although I don't like the way they hot potato this thing around now. Yeah, between no, Charlotte yeah. and Sasha, yeah. is Sasha like already like a three-time Women's Champion or something, something ridiculous? Yeah. yeah, I just think. Like, let it stick. I understand that she was, like, injured the first time. Yeah. But then, at least wait to see what the severity of the situation was. Yeah. If she only needed those two, three weeks off. Just to keep the title for those two, three weeks. But I do have a question, though. Yeah. I know that they did that little angle before the match where Bailey took out Dana Brooke. Yeah. To get Dana Brooke out of the match and make mm-hmm. it a one-on-one match. But why, at no point, did Charlotte not call for Dana to come down or ask or wonder where she was? I mean, you can sort of get away with that because she hates her. And she often fucks matches up for right, Charlotte, yeah. I guess. Fair but yeah, you're right in the fact that if you were gonna ha- if there was any chance that you you could have some help, yeah. even if it's Dana and you think she might fuck it up, it's worth a shot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, did you see the oh, was it at Night of Champions when Dana went to help Charlotte with the entrance to the ring? And Dana got up on the apron and sat on the ropes to let Charlotte into the ring. And it's like do you not see Charlotte's entrance every week? She does the splits under the ropes and Dana just like sat on the ropes to let her in and then seen Charlotte was going to go and Charlotte had to reposition her whole entrance because she was like, Dana, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, do you not watch your, <laughs> your cohort's entrance every week who you're supposed to be like mimicking like in, perp- in person <laughs> yeah well. in like, person right you're not just like watching on the monitor at the yeah, back you're yeah. like there at ringside yeah. watching this entrance every week craziness and so yeah she didn't even get Charlotte's entrance right she didn't even know how to help her into the ring anyway the Charlotte Sasha Banks match was pretty good um they I mean Charlotte did that top rope corkscrew moonsault yeah. to the outside so good which was so, so good. crisp so good something like revolutionary has happened with me I never liked Charlotte for a second yeah post NXT until yeah. last month when I think she became like the most watchable part of that division and that's a division that has two of my favourites in yeah which is Sasha and Bailey. it's it's insane to me but in this match again she, it, she almost carried the match against someone who's 
different level in terms of her talent. Yeah, I, I agree. It pains me to say it. I think Sasha is another level yeah. of talent. Yeah. But she has been a bit lacklustre recently. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's because of the injury or because she's nervous at the spot and she's now on yeah. Raw, you know. Um, but I think Charlotte is just... She is the complete package. Yeah, the complete, definitely. complete package. She's so good. I She's agree. so good at everything that she does. Um, and the faster that they can f- fuck that DNA angle off <laughs> is better. Well, I, th- I, I have the feeling that it's done. I don't know how much longer it can survive. I think Charlotte was wanting time off at one point, right? She's, if she goes and has time off, she's not going to come back with Dana. Maybe. So, but you remember that rumour about the whole thing being towards Dana, oh, being, the, being the face of the division? <laughs> Maybe she will. Dana on one brand, even Maybe really Sasha, other. Bailey and Charlotte are all going to be dropping to Dana in future <laughs> main events, so who knows? Yeah. Um, so that was Raw, again. You've just had three hours worth of show there, but imagine sitting through it. Yeah. Maybe you did sit through it, in which we... <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> sorry Very that you sorry. had to do that. And we sympathise completely yeah. with you. Um, Smackdown next, which is always the superior show, but yeah. this week felt even more so because yeah. Raw was quite bad. And apart from a couple of things on Smackdown that I'm not enjoying... I think the show breezes by. We say this every week. It just yeah, breezes yeah. by. It's easy to watch. It's literally almost NXT-esque in its yes. booking, definitely. in its product, like its style of what it does. Um, I think it's really good. It's, de- it's definitely the best weekly television WWE put out. Yeah, I agree. With NXT being a bit... Even if you were to include NXT, I think it's better than NXT at the yeah, minute yeah, because yeah. of... You know, depth of the roster issues on NXT yeah. at the minute. Um, so the show started with Kane defeating Bray Wyatt by countout. Now, this this was because Orton came on the screen mm-hmm. and distracted Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Um. And it was just it was it was what it was. I'm really fucking sick of this Bray Wyatt or Randy Orton thing. <laughs> to be honest. It- it basically developed a whole story, didn't it? Where Bray went searching for Randy and then Randy trapped him in a room. And then he and magically got watched, out. Yeah, watched him on camera. And as he was on camera, he was like, Sister Abigail? And then he saw Sister Abigail, held yeah. out his hand and then suddenly wasn't there anymore. Shock horror. So Bray Wyatt's now completely, actually magical. Right. And the only way that this pays off is, is, if, if, is if Sister Abigail... Yeah. In quotation marks, helps him win the match. Yeah. Because you can't have Orton win... It, Please, please, I'm pleading to you. Let Bray Wyatt win a match, even if it's by tomfoolery. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. want it. I need him to beat Randy Orton. Yeah. Otherwise, the gimmick is dead. Yeah. It's garbage. It means nothing if he's not going to win any matches. Um. Then we had Nikki Bella defeating Alexa Bliss by DQ, which just meant that. Nikki threw Alexa into Carmella. Yeah. He was called her like a Kim Kardashian wannabe, yeah, I yeah. think, which was quite good. Um, and Carmella came back into the ring and attacked Nikki, yeah. got disqualified, and then it was like a tag team match all of a sudden, which mm. they like doing, yeah. getting as many women in there as possible. Yeah. Um, the <sighs> Nikki Bella is like really, really super over. When you watch that show, she gets reactions that are hotter than most of the guys at the minute. Yeah, I think she's regressed a little bit in terms of wrestling. 
when she was women's yeah. champion, I feel like she was yeah. getting pretty good. I don't know if the neck injury sort of like made her a bit nervous, yeah. but like she, I think she she won she speared Carmella, um, and like went in for punches like ground and pound. It just it just didn't look yeah. real. <laughs> it just didn't look very good. Yeah. But I agree that she's over and she should be in the women's title competition probably, yeah. but. At the minute, we're getting Alexa Bliss for Becky Lynch, which isn't so bad. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, Carmella and Alexa did beat Nikki and Becky. Um, they they did these. Did you did you see the like the breast cancer segments? Yeah. On Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. What did you think of that? No, it's fine. It's I mean, it's I'm not gonna mock. I'm not gonna mock a breast cancer segment, but no. giving bringing women out and giving them a replica title belt is next level narcissism I think <laughs> isn't it really yeah, yeah. like here's think, our title belt you're real heroes I think Brian did a better job than Enzo and Cass did on Raw mm. oh yeah I've, we've got to talk about Enzo and Cass are already the promo shtick segment they didn't even get a match this yeah. week they weren't involved in a storyline no. they just got the breast cancer segment yeah. and they were like there because the crowd liked them Yeah, and I'm just like they've already been relegated to that spot yeah um, then we had the Hype Bros defeating the Vaude Villains, which is, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Vaude Villains, man, this gimmick is a noose around their neck, I think. Yeah. It's not going to get anywhere. Also, why did the Ascension come out? Just to look at the Hype Bros in a menacing way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we're going to get the Ascension versus Hype Bros wow. for number one contenders, but we haven't even had Which... the Usos versus uh, Heath Slater and Rhino yet. Yeah, so. and you're completely forgetting about the one and only true tag team in that division. American Alpha. Yeah. Well, more about American Alpha in a second. <laughs> and... Now comes one of the better segments was the Miz TV segment with the uh, Dolph Ziggler show where he showed the success of a failure, like the mockumentary. Yeah. It was like WWE 24 yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really funny. It was so well put together <laughs> yeah. as well. Like even the end where they just cut random comments from different videos into like <laughs> as if they're talking about Dolph. Yeah, but I, th- there was real stuff that they put in there as well yeah, of like yeah, yeah. Booker T saying... Dolph Ziggler, he's old news, baby. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, shit. Maybe Honestly, you said that. last week on SmackDown, they announced the retirement angle. Yeah. And I was in 100% because Ziggler and Miz just were so good in that segment. This week, they put that video out and I went from being Miz needs to win to momentarily, just, just a little bit, thinking, oh, they want Ziggler to win. You yeah. know? And like, that's what it's supposed to do. That's what it worked. I think it was some of the best stuff that they had on the show. Yeah, well, they did a pretty good promo with each other. Yeah. Um, and then Kenny and Mikey from the Spirit Squad came out. <laughs> and I, I have a feeling, like, the crowd didn't really get it. I mean, they obviously saw the Spirit Squad in the mm, video package, yeah. but a lot of the fans now, I mean, that was 10 years ago now, yeah. so it's a long time ago. Um, and I, I liked it. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. I especially liked Miz's comment. We could only get two because some of them got lost in transit when you got sent back to OVW. <laughs> yes, yeah, the OVW line was amazing. Yeah, and the crowd did actually do a woo, so maybe they did get it. Maybe you um, 
so after the oh I should say that the Spirit Squad members uh, laid out Dolph Ziggler then he came back with super kicks tried to hit the Miz but the Miz bailed out of the ring standard fair at the end there but I'm pretty look. I'm looking forward to the match yeah yeah I agree yeah then we had Jason Jordan defeating Jay Uso what I didn't like about this was that it almost seemed like the commentators were putting over how much of a shock it was that Jason Jordan could beat Jay Uso yeah and I'm just like, it's like at what point have you had any sort of believability in the Uso any of the Usos being individual yeah yeah it's like they're they're a pretty good tag team but Jason Jordan is this big freaking suplex machine Amateur that's wrestler. always used for the the huge impact moments in their tag matches so yeah why couldn't he be Jey Uso it makes no sense exactly. and they made it out like it was such a big deal but yeah and then afterwards the Usos attacked Jason Jordan I guess I like the angle of Jordan and Gable getting attacked each week so they can't build up momentum I guess they can't like you know they're like, always yeah, but, you're but it does make like them an, seem like a bit stupid like why aren't they on the lookout for it why isn't exactly. Gable taking care of Jimmy on the outside while yeah. Jason you know just don't act stupid about it um, then they showed clips of John Cena uh, well, first, on Talking Smack first Heath Slater and Rhino saved oh yes they did yeah Heath Slater and Rhino Malcolm. came out and uh, saved the day um <laughs> I still can't believe Heath Slater and Rhino is like the tag team on Smackdown. Yeah, like when so it saved the day from Smackdown as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like what and G- and Jimmy and Jay legged it. Yeah, like, oh, they were like I'm but I, out of here. but I just like this idea that like it's only because of Rhino. Only because of Rhino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they should do segments where like Heath Slater comes out yeah, and, and acts like, all tough and everyone's like nah and, and then Rhino like, walks up behind him and Heath Slater can't see him and they run off and Heath Slater's like yeah boy <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be quite funny that would be very good um, so yeah then they showed John Cena on Talking Smack um, talking, literally talking smack about Dean Ambrose and then that sort of led to the face off later on uh, Jack Swagger defeated Baron Corbin by submission but it wasn't really um, what was- I d- <sighs> It didn't look real enough. It didn't look real enough. And what I don't like about it is you had the face commentators saying uh, by David Otunga, oh yeah, he tapped out. Yeah. And JBL, the heel commentator, saying, no, he didn't, you idiots. Look at yeah, the yeah. look at the clip. Yeah. And then they showed the replay and it quite obviously didn't tap out. Yeah. And even Mauro Ronello, who's supposed to be the voice of reason, was like, oh, it's a tough call to make. And it's like, it's no, like, it no, isn't. <laughs> yeah. So why you have the heel commentator, JBL, saying, speaking sense? I, yeah. I don't know. It's, JBL should have been like, oh, but Corbin tapped out. You know. But, but Corbin's the heel, and that's where it legitimizes. Well, then, change the fucking end of the match yeah, <laughs> to yeah. make sense. The, the problem is, is, is reaching towards the ropes... And what it did is like almost crawled his way through the ropes, but he used the same hand three times, and it just looked so. Prepared. And wasn't quick enough to be a tap out. Yeah. And his wrist was only hitting the mat, and there was all sorts of issues with it. Yeah. There's been there was a scenario in the match the night before between Charlotte and Sasha where it looks like one of them had tapped out. Yeah. In, and they hadn't, and mm-hmm. the referee didn't call that. So to like go down the same route with a similar angle on yeah. a, in the same company the night after just seems st- stupid to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we know it's only leading to Baron Corbin, Jack Swagger on a, on a kickoff. Is it going to be on kickoff? Yeah, yeah, is no mercy okay? kickoff, yeah. Um, so Baron Corbin is now just like the kickoff wrestler. Yeah. Isn't he, basically? Yeah. Um, 
afterwards Corbin's like destroying all kinds of stuff at ringside you know saying that he didn't tap out but it's too little too late now um, so it was time for the main event which was just basically a talking segment but yeah. what I like about it is that even before entrances it only had 10 minutes yeah. And then after AJ's entrance, he talked a bit, and then Ambrose's entrance, he talked a bit, and then Cena's entrance, and he talked a bit. He didn't talk. It didn't feel. He didn't oh, he, he didn't talk. Yeah, it didn't talk no. at all. No, he got shut down. Um, and it all ended up basically them just taking each other out, basically. Yeah. Which what what I loved about the psychology of it though is that in not letting Cena talk, it was like the story that they were telling was it's not your time anymore. Yeah. I'm going to take my spot and my time and my spot and my time is the main event the world champion yep. and I thought that was really good I think the, the things that Ambrose particularly said about Cena were like really on the nose again which worked brilliantly if if they set up somehow a Survivor Series or Royal Rumble match between Cena and Ambrose mm-hmm. for when Cena comes back I think that they're doing it really well at the minute yeah, well, they have to pull something out of the bag for Royal Rumble because they yeah. announced that it's in the in Texas again, didn't they? Seventy five thousand seater. Yeah, and it was like sixty thousand last time they were in there. Yeah. So and they've just had Royal Rumble in Texas as well. I'm sorry, kind of WrestleMania, WrestleMania in Texas. In Texas yeah. And so it's like, are really people really going to travel? I I appreciate them trying. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, they... seeing an event on that scale. Also, they must have some epic surprise lined up. Because they're not going to go into a Royal Rumble with that many people and well, not I guess give them something. Now, it's one of the only pay-per-views that's cross-branded, so it's going to have yeah. Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So that's a big thing in itself, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it will be, definitely. Um, but yeah, 60,000 people, man. Who knows? And usually, what I was reading is they only get fifteen to 20,000 local. Yeah. So they've got to make possibly 20, 30, 40,000 people. They're trying to do that whole from outside. WrestleMania thing though, aren't they? Yeah, so it's like one of the big four now yeah, yeah. and they're going to probably have a takeover on the same weekend yeah, yeah. and events in the area and then a Raw the next night as well and SmackDown probably all in Texas. Yeah. Which just means you have to sell out even more seats to yeah. me. But you might get people travelling and then buying tickets to everything. True. Just going back to the main, the main event talking segment, are you hyped for that match now? Yes, absolutely. But... Then again, it's John Cena, AJ Styles, and Dean Ambrose, and I probably would have been anyway. True, but I think given the animosity, helped. yeah, the animosity that's there though just seems to add something. I think I'm more excited to see that than I am to see any potential match for Hell in a Cell, and that's at Hell in a Cell where there's a Hell in a Cell gimmick. Yeah, that's true. So I would, I'm the same. Yeah. I think they're booking that show really well and they're producing it really well and all the talent on the show are doing a really good job at the minute. Yeah. In general. Yeah. I, again, just wish there was a little bit more wrestling. But only because all the matches seem to be quite short. And, like, why have, like, you know, why shoehorn, like, those women into that tag match? Just have Nikki Bella and Alexa Bliss have a match and then... You could half the time you spend on the segment yeah. and just have it be a one-on-one and we yeah. get the same message across. So I do think there's stuff to work on, but I understand they want to give everyone face time. But Yeah. yeah. Then NXT the next night, we are <laughs> the last show of WWE's hectic <laughs> schedule that we have to watch. It was an okay show. You didn't watch this, is that right? No. This, Which is evidence to me of how the product is not deteriorating but is struggling through yeah 
mass massive roster changes. Yeah, I would say that the Samoa Joe destroying everyone like versus William Regal aspect is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I like that. Um, too. and the revival obviously yeah. make me tune in every week some revival mark. <laughs> um, so the well th- this show had two uh, matches in the tag team the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic so right. I thought we'd talk through the bracket first and get your thoughts on that yeah um, so the first bracket well the first round brackets are all online um, which are TM61 versus Sabatelli and Moss so that's like Tino Sabatelli I think oh, it's yeah. you know the ones from Breaking Ground yeah. they haven't been on NXT a lot so yeah. TM61 are obviously going to win that I, yeah. I reckon and go forward um, and in their bracket is Team Aries um, so Austin Aries and a mystery partner ah. which the rumour is uh, Roderick Strong so Austin Aries uh, and Roderick Strong like every time they announce a team for this, comp- <laughs> yeah. this competition I'm like they've got to win like every <laughs> yeah. single team I'm like they have to win so we'll, we'll talk about the possible outcomes um, but I guess if I if I said this to you, that in the next pair of brackets, there's Ty Dillinger and Bobby Roode versus Sanity, oh. and Dur- uh, Lindsay Dorado and Mustafa Ali versus Itami and Ibushi. Oh, right? Jesus. So you could have... Itami and Ibushi. Itami versus... and Ibushi versus Dillinger and Roode. Or Sanity. It's probably going to oh, be Sanity. Yeah. And then you could have... Austin Aries and Roderick Strong versus Itami and Ibushi. Yeah, that's just sensational. Yeah. I hope we see that. Um, but what I think is Sanity will probably go quite far because they're yeah. pushing them. So I have a feeling that... I also think there's a ready-made storyline for Rude and Dillinger. Yeah. And you could yeah. also probably, if you wanted to book um, Itami versus Ibushi, you, yeah. could, you could do that that way as well. Yeah. There's potential for a lot of different things, which makes it very interesting. Yeah, and then the next pair of brackets was the is the Authors of Pain versus the Bollywood Boys. So that, that's the Authors squash. of Pain. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, then No Way Jose and Rich Swan are in a tag team versus Tony Nese and Drew Gulak. Which again, I think I think the babyface dancing team will go through there. Yeah, what I don't like about this is I can based on the brackets here, I can obviously see Authors of Pain going very far. Yeah, which annoys which means me. you have to see them a lot. Whereas yeah. there's some teams that are just going to get knocked out the first round that you'd want to see yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the next uh, pair of brackets are the revival versus Almas and Cedric Alexander, yeah. um, and Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano versus uh, Bin Wang and Ho Ho Lun, which is the oh, Chinese yeah, tag team. Yeah. Um, so that's the. Brackets, we got two of those matches on the latest NXT. Um, so the show started with the Authors of Pain defeating the Bollywood Boys, yeah. which is obviously um, going to be the case. Um, and I guess in the next round, they'll face the winner of No Way Jose and Rich Swan versus Tony Nese and Drew Gulak. Right. And I, I personally don't know who's going to win that. I know No Way Jose and Rich Swan are probably going to be the more pushed, so yeah, it might be why, them. That's why I think they'll win that. But the Authors of Pain are probably going to squash them as well. Yeah, true. So, true. No matter which team they go against, the Authors of Pain are going to go at least to the third round. Yeah. Um, which would be technically the semi-final because there's only like, there's not a huge bracket. Yeah. And then we had Rich One defeating Patrick Clark in a singles match. Now, have you seen Patrick Clark's new gimmick? No. So the old gimmick was red tights, eagles, American yeah. flags. 
now he came down to the ring and he had like a velvet blazer on with ruffles and a headband so and velvet tights is it and he act no he acted very camp and it's almost like a prince gimmick right okay so it's the complete opposite of what he was and he's acting gay which didn't make me feel sit right with me too much yeah because he's yeah because I assume he's not actually gay yeah and therefore it's just like and I don't know whether he's just trying to act like really like effeminate yeah um but it was very weird and it wouldn't have been so bad if they didn't draw attention to it but then Corey Graves definitely did bring attention to it and was like um he was like I can't understand why Patrick Clark was here last week with like yeah, eagles and yeah. American flags on and now we're getting like a Prince wannabe sort of thing. Yeah. Um so it they sort of drew attention to the fact that he's had a massive gimmick change. Right. Um Yeah, it's not it's not good when you when you're going on TV and trying to play a, someone who's gay when there are actual gay people who watch the product. And know? again, I guess gay is just what I took from it. I don't know if he's playing someone gay. Definitely not. That's definitely not confirmed. But to me, he was just acting very yeah camp effeminate. Yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that, but... There is, when it's a straight man doing it, as a gimmick, which is believed by people to be realistic and real life. Yeah. Anyway, Swan beat him. So I don't understand why he debuted a new gimmick and he just lost anyway to Rich Swan. Yeah. So <laughs> it makes it look like it's not working. Yeah, true. Um... And then we had um, Peyton Royce, uh, who is now... I already don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Peyton Royce with Billy Kay, who's like a company to the ring, both like Australian, defeated Danielle Camella, who's like another up-and-coming women's wrestler on NXT who we haven't really seen very much. Right. And that was it. A very basic match. The crowd sort of got behind that new chick. Um, and... Uh, Tom Phillips called a fisherman suplex a northern light suplex and Corey Graves absolutely destroyed him for it so <laughs> at least Corey Graves is the one that's pointing out everything that yeah. we maybe should be pointing out yeah. I don't know I love their chemistry though I think as a commentary team they're really good also being just two men they can back and forth a lot easier yeah like a lot a lot of the time on Raw Graves will just tell Saxton to shut up yeah <laughs> and like I know that's part of his gimmick but yeah it does Make it a bit more disjointed. Yeah. Then we had Bobby Roode and Ty Dillinger cutting a promo backstage where Roode wouldn't allow Dillinger to talk um, and was just doing his lines of, think of how glorious it will be when we're victorious. <laughs> um, and every time Dillinger tried to talk, Bobby Roode just did the glorious pause. Yeah. Um, and then he left and it was quite a funny moment when Bobby Roode went off screen and Ty Dillon just sort of went to leave and then quickly turned back and was like, we're definitely called the uh, perfect 10. Or the, <laughs> what do they call them? The glorious, the glorious 10, 10 or, or something like that, yeah. Perfectly uh, glorious. Perfectly right? glorious 10 or something. And it was just sort of like, um, Ty Dillon just wanted to get over the fact that it was like his name. Because like, yeah. it was the only time he could speak when Bobby Roode wasn't there. <laughs> uh, then we had the debut of Dan Mather who I think has been oh, hyped up yeah, he has, yeah, for the few practice. weeks, but he came out and got destroyed by Samojo. Wow. So What? Yeah, Why? so they were like, 
the, the Corey Graves and Tom Phillips were like, oh, we've been looking forward to this guy debuting for yeah. ages. This is a huge moment for Dan Mather. He came out, he waited for his opponent, Samojo just comes down, absolutely destroyed him. I don't want to, like, kill your hopes and dreams, but <laughs> is he potentially Samojo's Nakamura out feud? I hope not. It didn't, I'll be honest, if, if you watch it, it didn't seem like that. Like, right. he literally destroys him, kicks him out of the ring, and then Samojo did a promo. And at no point did Dan Mather put up a fight or come yeah. back or say anything. So to me, it just looked like a complete squash, and it was just a feather. Wow. I mean, he's a big he's, guy as well, right? Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. Although he did look less big than on those promos. Right. He looked less cut. Right. Then on the promos, so, it, but yeah, he's big guy at first. When Samojo came into the ring, there's quite a height difference, but yeah. Samojo's stuff looks so realistic yeah. and so stiff. It just it looks like it's being him up anyway. Yeah. And yeah, um, <laughs> Joker promo saying that uh, you know he wants Nakamura, yeah, and he wants him to give up the title, um, or give him Nakamura or the title, yeah, um. And he's give William Regal one week to make a decision. Right. So, wait. Yeah, he's ordering the general manager around. No, it's not that, that I'm bothered about, because I think that that's good. That's that's decent. It's yeah. just giving him one week is like that whole like wrestling promo stuff to make you watch next week. And it's like the whole point in what Joe was doing originally was that he was taking out guys. Yeah. So surely it should just come to a point where there was like three people left. And then Regal was like, oh, I can't even put on a show next week without telling you. I'll tell you next week. Yeah, That's yeah. Sh- what should have happened. And I know they can't do that because it'll kill too many people's pushes or whatever. <laughs> but, like, try. Because yeah. it's it, otherwise just don't try the gimmick in the first place. Yeah. And how is, like, Samojo picking who he destroys here? Like, he's, exactly. Like, he's he's got to be the least over ones. Yeah, exactly. Like last week, he destroyed those jobbers, the yeah. tag team, yeah. who were just like nobodies. And now yeah. he destroys a, a debuting guy who yeah. was made to look awful. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. They did a promo saying that Sanity is coming next week. Um, why isn't this team called Insanity? Why I have is it no called idea. Sanity? I honestly have no idea. Sense, but. Anyway, they're in the Tag Team Classic, so I'm guessing next week we're going to get their Tag Team Classic match against Dillinger and Rude. Yeah. Um, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. Oh, you would think so. Um, and then we had... The the main event was the Revival defeating Cedric Alexander and Andrade Almas in the first round, Dusty Classic match. Um, really, really fun main event. As to be expected, um, really. Yeah, just like, dudes. you know, getting the heat on Almas and Cedric Alexander. They were doing all these flippy moves that the yeah. Revival like couldn't keep up with. Um, but then good old-fashioned, like, cheating and raw yeah. power get the Revival over. Um, Goes with their t-shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No flips, just fists is very apt. Um, so, yeah, they won with the Shatter Machine. Which is a sweet finisher. Yeah. Sweet tag team finisher. Um, and yeah, it was just really fun. 13 minutes in, out. Yeah. Good work. I think uh, Almas and Cedric Alexander were sort of like the perfect people to do that main event with. Um, so the revival will face the winners of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa versus Ho Ho Lun and Bin Wang. And so, let me tell you, it's not going to be Ho Ho Lun and Bin Wang now in the next exactly, round. Yeah. So we're going to get the Gargano and Ciampa match again, yeah. which is pretty sweet. Um, and then after the match, Andrade Almas just straight up snapped, turned heel, destroyed Cedric Alexander. Um, 
and I guess that's what we're going to see now. Are you going to so, have a heel flippy flip guy? I think so, yeah. So that, do you yeah. know what that means? More gimmick. More stupid <laughs> trousers. He's going to come out with a cigar as well now. Yeah, like he's just going to be Armando Estrada, you remember him? He's just going to be that. That is pretty much what he is already. I hope not, but we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, he dropped Cedric Alexander onto the ring's desk and then walked out and everyone was booing. Um, so yeah, next week I guess Sanity debuts. Samoa Joe and William Regal are going to face off and the more matches in the tag, the Tusty Classics. So I seems guess solid for next week then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's building up. They they know where they're going. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that was NXT and that was the week pretty much. Not yeah. much else going on. No. Well, we've covered like everything. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that on... Obviously, No Mercy is going to come up and we're going to do a preview show for that, which will be up. Can I just say that the music for that is really good? The No Mercy? Yeah. I don't think I've heard it, actually. It's, it's like... I probably skipped past it in when I was watching Smackdown. type. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then, so No Mercy's on. We'll do a preview show for that. Um, and actually, New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling show is on, which is like their second or third biggest show of the year. Nice. So we'll probably have to watch that and do yeah. a preview for that and, all, and that sort of thing. Because they have a few very big matches on there. Yeah. Which will hopefully affect Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So it'll be pretty sweet. Um, and I think that's all that's coming up. No Mercy, King of Pro Wrestling. Um, We've got all our typical stuff. All the weekly stuff as well. Yeah. Which will probably get massively overshadowed by No Mercy and King yeah. of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. It's a surprisingly it. short show this week. We try to fly through everything. Yeah. Because we're sick of talking about Raw. <laughs> <laughs> and you were uh, less than impressed by TNA. So yeah. I didn't want to put you through that again. <laughs> um, so yeah, listen out for our No Mercy preview. That yeah. will be out on Sunday. Yep. And our King of Pro Wrestling preview. Which might be a written preview actually. Yeah. Because be- I think that show is on... Monday right. and because it's Japanese time it'll be during the day yeah. so unless we do it on Sunday night with the No Mercy one then we might be able to do an audio one Yeah. Um, but it's pretty awkwardly timed and then on the weekly podcast we'll probably talk about King of Pro Wrestling as part of that Yeah. and until then check you next time see you Showtime! Woo!